Can fasting unlock a deeper confession, transform worship, and guide you back to God's path? Let's find out. This is Cherie. Welcome to Meditating the Word. It's day 10 of our 21-day fast. Let's read our foundational scripture for this series, Mark 9:29. Jesus said, This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. This tells us that sometimes fasting is required. Today we're going to talk about fasting for confession, worship, and recommitment. We'll look at an account of fasting in Nehemiah 9, and we'll also look at a prophecy in Jeremiah 14. Let's start with Jeremiah. God gave Jeremiah warnings for Israel about drought and the coming exile. Jeremiah cried out to God for mercy for Israel. We'll pick up the story in Jeremiah 14.7. Although our sins testify against us, do something, Lord, for the sake of your name. For we have often rebelled. We have sinned against you. You are the hope of Israel, its Savior in times of distress. Why are you like a stranger in the land, like a traveler who stays only a night? Why are you like a man taken by surprise, like a warrior powerless to save? You are among us, Lord, and we bear your name. Do not forsake us. This is what the Lord says about this people. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet so the Lord does not accept them. He will now remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for the well-being of this people. Although they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Instead, I will destroy them with the sword, famine, and plague. But I said, Alas, Sovereign Lord, the prophets keep telling them, You will not see the sword or suffer famine. Indeed, I will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the prophets who are prophesying in my name. I did not send them, yet they are saying, No sword or famine will touch this land. Those same prophets will perish by sword and famine and the people they are prophesying to will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and sword. There will be no one to bury them, their wives, their sons, and their daughters. I will pour out on them the calamity they deserve. Speak this word to them. Let my eyes overflow with tears, night and day without ceasing, for the virgin daughter, my people, has suffered a grievous wound, a crushing blow. If I go into the country, I see those slain by the sword. If I go into the city, I see the ravages of famine. Both prophet and priest 
have gone to a land they know not. Have you rejected Judah completely? Do you despise Zion? Why have you afflicted us so that we cannot be healed? We hoped for peace, but no good has come. For a time of healing, but there is only terror. We acknowledge our wickedness, Lord, and the guilt of our ancestors. We have indeed sinned against you. For the sake of your name, do not despise us. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember your covenant with us, and do not break it. Do any of the worthless idols of the nations bring rain? Do the skies themselves send down showers? No, it is you, Lord, our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, for you are the one who does all this. Notice God said, Although they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Why? Because they were not sincere. Their prophets were prophesying lies. The people were not sincere in their confessions. God is merciful and gives us chances. And Israel was under the law, not under grace. But even under grace, God will eventually let us have what we choose. He cannot force us to follow him. We have free will, and he will not violate that. Israel made their choice and suffered the consequences of that choice, just as we often suffer the consequences of our choices in the natural. Now let's look at Nehemiah. This is about 200 years later. The exiles are returning to Jerusalem. The city is being rebuilt. The walls have been fortified, and for the first time for many of the Israelites, they are hearing God's word read to them by the Levites in a way that was clear and they could understand. And they wept when they realized the extent of their sin and betrayal of God. And in chapter 8, we have the well-known scripture, Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So they celebrated with joy because they now understood God's word. They celebrated the Feast of Booths. Scripture tells us they hadn't celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Let's start reading in Nehemiah 9.1. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting, and wearing sackcloth, and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins, and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were, and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day, and spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. Standing on the stairs of the Levites were Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kanani. They cried out with loud voices to the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabneiah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, 
And Pethahiah said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are God. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. In verses 7 through 31, they recount the history of Israel, their failings, and God's faithfulness. We'll finish the chapter, picking up the narrative again in verse 32. Now therefore our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love, do not let all this hardship seem trifling in your eyes, the hardship that has come on us, on our kings and leaders, on our priests and prophets, on our ancestors and all your people, from the days of the kings of Assyria until today. In all that has happened to us, you have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully while we acted wickedly. Our kings, our leaders, our priests, and our ancestors did not follow your law. They did not pay attention to your commands or the statutes you warned them to keep. Even while they were in their kingdom, enjoying your great goodness to them in the spacious and fertile land you gave them, they did not serve you or turn from their evil ways. But see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so they could eat its fruit and the other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. They fasted confessed their sins, worshipped, and recommitted themselves to following God's ways. Scripture tells us that it's important to confess our sins, not because God doesn't already know about them, but because we need to acknowledge that we cannot do this on our own or in our own strength. And thank God we don't have to. The joy of the Lord is our strength. My disclaimers, I am not a medical professional, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. Please, if you fast, fast responsibly. If you have any underlying health issues or an unhealthy relationship with food, do not fast. And if you're going on an extended fast, it's a good idea to check with your doctor first. All right, let's check in. What scriptures are you standing on while fasting? Don't neglect this part of your fast. If you don't know what God's word says about what you desire, then you don't know his will. Are you meditating on them? It is through meditating on God's word that he's able to give us insight and revelation. Are you spending extra time in prayer, listening? 
Use the time you would have spent preparing food and eating to pray and meditate instead. And remember to journal thoughts, ideas, and breakthroughs that come. How is your energy? How do you feel? Remember to take it easy on yourself, monitor your weight loss, and nap when tired. Okay, not to get too graphic here, but I do want to be as honest and transparent about the fasting process as possible. You probably won't hear about this on any other biblical fast podcasts, but another thing you may experience about this far in your fasting journey is watery diarrhea. Diarrhea is not a common side effect of fasting, but it can happen because of an over-secretion of water and salts in the GI tract. Make sure you drink lots of water so that you do not become dehydrated. If you start to experience other symptoms like dizziness or nausea, you should probably consider breaking your fast early. Here's how I'm doing. I lost 0.2 pounds yesterday. I am having some watery diarrhea, but I continue to drink a gallon of water a day and I'm not having any other negative side effects. In previous fasts, this phase has lasted two or three days. I'm still walking at least 10,000 steps. My energy is great. I'm still using my back roller daily and I'm spending lots of time in the word and in prayer and standing on God's promises. I have to apologize if you hear snoring in the background. That's my lab, Pearl. She's sound asleep in this room. <laughs> anyway, let me pray over you now. Father God, in this sacred time of fasting, we approach your throne of grace. As we deny ourselves the comfort of food, we seek a deeper communion with you. Our hearts echo the sincerity of our confession. We lay bare our faults and failings before you and thank you for your mercy and forgiveness. In this act of fasting, let every pang of hunger remind us of our spiritual needs, drawing us ever closer to your presence. May this physical emptiness be filled with your spiritual abundance, leading us into a profound state of worship. As we abstain, let our spirits ascend in adoration and thanksgiving for your endless love and grace. Father, guide us through this journey of self-denial to rediscover your path. We renew our commitment to your ways and to rekindle the flame of faith in our hearts walking steadfastly in your footsteps. In this sacrificial act, let us find a deeper understanding of your will and purpose for our lives. May this fasting be not just an act of self-discipline, but a testament to our devotion and recommitment to you. Thank you, Father, that your joy is our strength, and that even in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me on Meditating the Word today. This is Cherie reminding you that you are in my prayers. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Until next time, 
be blessed and be a blessing.